1: Availability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Ooh, that's hot.
3: Well, that music only means one thing. It means it's time for the UFC 275 post-fight show, and... We don't have a lot to talk about. Just kidding. We have a lot to talk about because what an event this was in Singapore. Unfreaking believable Capped off by an absolutely incredible main event between Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prohashka. In the end, Yuri Prohashka submits Glover Teixeira in the fifth round with like 26 seconds left. What an amazing, incredible fight. Thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck. We got Shaheen Alshadi here. We got Mr. Topknot himself. Jed Prahashka Mishu. And the man in Singapore himself, who I just could not take my eyes off during the broadcast with that blue suit. Jose Was Youngs, I on the broadcast? There, was, I on- yeah. was I on the broadcast? I could see you. Sorry. I could see you. The math gone, right. you were just... Everyone's wearing the the polos and stuff, and you show up looking like a professional, Jose, Yeah, just the way we intended. I completely forgot that when we got here at
4: 6 a.m., that I would be leaving at 3, when the humidity level is about 90% right now. So I'm not looking forward to leaving this building right now.
3: Well, we only have you for a few moments before you do actually leave the building. So I wanted to get – there's a million things I could ask you, but I'm just going to – I'm going to go to this. You are in the arena for this fight between Yuri Prohashka and Glover Teixeira. Just mm-hmm. talk about what it was like in the arena as it was going on. We could watch it on television and react, and we were probably all pacing around, but you were there in the freaking building. What was it like? To tell us.
4: It was unique. I was about 10 feet away from most of the action because I don't know if you saw a lot of the grappling and exchanges and everything. all seemed to be in, like, one half of the octagon, and we've all heard, uh, like, the stories of Asian fight fans watching fights where they're just like really quiet and then they kind of because they respect the uh, the craft of martial arts so that was true to an extent but there were a lot of australians here because they were obviously they had come out here to, to watch robert whitaker robert obviously didn't fight there were a decent amount of australians uh that performed well so good on them but so it was an interesting mix of it was really quiet for like huge chunks of the fight so you could hear these thudding kicks and punches and knees and ground and pound and everything. So the like Glover was about five feet away from me, just beating the soul out of Yuri's head. And then and then Yuri would respond by getting up and then slapping a baseball bat across the abdomen of Glover. So and then the the crowd would go absolutely berserk. and It was strange because the media room is so close to the floor that at one point when Jake Matthews was back here, Yoan uh, and Waylee were fighting. Uh, uh, like in the first round and I couldn't hear Jake Matthews talk and I was about maybe three four feet away from him that's how loud this venue got so all of this talk of why was this in Singapore why blah 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 this and that this is silly that these two gentlemen are fighting not in Brazil or Europe is y'all can go to hell with that this was great this atmosphere was absolutely fantastic
3: And how did they react to the finish of the fight? Because Glover rocks Yuri in the fifth round. He's just crushing up with shots on the feet. Goes, jumps a ghillie, which I was just like, no, being the guy that's been more confident in Glover than anybody else. But that's besides the point. And then Yuri freaking submits him, gets him to tap out with less than 30 seconds left of the fight. Describe the reaction in the arena, just being inside there. Like, What was that like after the fight was over?
4: It was interesting because I couldn't even tell what was going on. because I like I don't know if you remember, but of course you guys all watched it live when it was happening, but when Yuri was doing his media day at like 2 in the morning for you guys, he said, I don't play jiu-jitsu. I just get on the ground and try to ground and pound and finish you. So when he snatched up the choke and tapped Glover, I didn't see it. Uh, and a lot, I don't think a lot of people saw it because they weren't expecting it. They were expecting maybe Yuri to stand up and try to finish the fight or motion and stand up like he did a few times. So when it happened, I was like, is Glover tapping? And then when Yuri stood up, the crowd went, Bananas for that finish. So uh, it was, it was, it was a unique and surreal experience. Uh, again, I, no one really saw what had happened because I don't think they were looking for Yuri. It's like obviously, when you get guys like when Glover takes you to the ground, any position he gets, the crowd kind of goes uh oh, But like Yuri, you're not expecting that, so you don't really hype yourself up. So when it happened, it was kind of a shock moment and then a huge pop.
3: Well, well, obviously, the three of us, will talk about the co-main event in a minute, but last thing before we let you go, I know you're about to get the boot out of there. Yoani mm-hmm. and Jacek, we watched your final fight tonight against Zhang Wei Li. It was an incredible finish from Zhang. She looked fantastic throughout the fight. The first round was bananas. Those two just kept on. They went right back to the well that they went back to like over two years ago. It was Round six was incredible. Zhang Wei Li lands a spinning back fist, gets the incredible knockout, And then Joanna announced her retirement. Your thoughts on the fight, the performance, and just Joanna making that decision that, hey, you know, I went out there, I gave my all, had a great career, but this is it.
4: It was interesting. I missed a lot of the first round because Jake Matthews was back here talking. I was like, the PR was bringing her back. I'm like, no, wait for this fight to be over. And then, like, obviously, I missed a huge chunk of it. I saw Whaley, like, take her down and then elbow her and, and punch her a whole bunch. But then that wrapped and then I looked over to the right and all of a sudden like within it was odd like the second I looked over Whaley just connected with that spinning back fist so thank you Jake Matthews for that really quick post-fight scrum so I can watch that and say knockout but uh, not surprised she retired even though she said she wasn't thinking about it I think I don't think anyone blames her like she's 35 34 she said she was old at the press conference uh, she wants to be a mom she wants to be a businesswoman it, it seems like at the at the if you guys watch the, the presser right now she really wants to become some sort of MMA manager or like in work It's probably You know, continue to help out a lot of her uh, fellow female fighters as maybe a sparring partner, training partner uh, at ATT if they want her. Um, But I mean, obviously the greatest strawweight fighter I think in MMA history. She holds all the records. I think what what was it? Uh, Carla just tied her record for most wins in strawweight, and this was Joanna's first fight in 27 months, so more than two years away, and people are just catching up to her now. So I think that just tells you uh, how dominant she was for so long. Uh, even Valentina herself was like all praises after the fight. Lee said that Joanna uh, is such a role model for for, indivi- for female fighters and really pushed her to become the best she was. Because well, I, I didn't even—I kind of forgot about this. But Whaley Li was like, when I joined the UFC, Joanna was champion. And she was the one, like, you've heard like Nick Diaz say for years when he was in the UFC, he was preparing for Matt Hughes even before he was a contender. Same as when he was preparing for George St. Pierre and so on and so forth. So Wei Lee fighting Ioana like that was kind of years of years of work and hard practice. So um, one of the fighters, I think, it's... I say this for a lot of, like, like Jose Aldo's and Glove to Shares of the world, where it's like your favorite fighter's fighter. And I think a lot of these female fighters are kind of listing Joanna as the one that got them into MMA, uh, especially in the European market. So, um, yeah, greatest straw-white fighter of all time, uh, female fighter of all time.
3: Yep, as they should. People are trying to catch up to Joanna now, just like all of us media members are trying to catch up to you, Jose. Well done. Great job this week. Safe travels back home. And, uh, We'll see you when we see it, man. Dib set. <laughs> Round of applause for Jose Young's. Well-deserved. But, yeah. Great job, Jose. Sean, you're here. We just watched something spectacular. I mean, it's not just it happened a few hours ago. It seems like forever ago now, but... Lawrence <laughs> Sharon Yuri Prahashkin did the damn thing. They did it better than we thought. We saw championship rounds. Ak is now here. Wow, this is just it's a party. Oh, look at this. Describe wow, the POP in the building, just tons of surprises. Speaking of surprises, Yuri Perhashkin and Glover Teixeira went to the fifth round and almost went the entire 25 minutes. Glover Teixeira is up on the scorecards on two of them, and it was even heading into the fifth. He was on his way to winning a unanimous decision, Sean, a unanimous decision. Hurts Yuri hard, badly in the fifth round. Shoots the guillotine. We already talked about this. But then Yuri submits him, strangles him. And just like Jose said, in the arena, he didn't see the tap. We didn't really know what was going on either. Yuri just gets up, walks away, and we're like, did, did he win? And he did win. He's the freaking champion of the world. Talk about this fight, Sean, because I feel like you could put it into words better than most.
5: Oh, my Lord, man. You, you said they did the damn thing. Yeah, they did, Mike. They really, really did do the damn thing. I'm still riding high off this like hours <laughs> after the fact now. 28 seconds, man. 28 seconds. Like, like we need to repeat that a couple more times because it bears repeating. We were 28 seconds away from Glover Teixeira probably doing the thing that you've been calling for for months, like the thing that I think very few of us expected him to do at four, age 42, going out here and beating this hyper-athletic, hyper-creative, just monster of a challenger. 28 seconds, man. 28 seconds. Like, there are some 25-minute fights where you could more or less sum them up in, you know, a few sentences or a few lines or whatever. Like, it would actually take you 25 minutes to sum up this fight. The, the, the swings and momentum... Um, I, I am struggling right now. I, I know we try not to be so reactive on these post-fight shows where things just happen. You haven't had time to put them in context. But I am trying really hard to think of other fights that I've had, or at least the 205 pounds for championship fights that have had this many wild swings in momentum just over the span of five rounds, because it felt like each guy had at least 10 different opportunities in this fight where he was seemingly dead to rights. And then all of a sudden he was right where right I back in the fight with one explosive movement, whether it was an escape or a, tra- a transition, a sweep, whatever. It was just unbelievable, unbelievable theater to me. And this is sort of going back to, to what I've been saying about 205 now for a while. Um, I, I, love 205 pounds now i think more than i have loved 205 pounds since the days of like chuck and, and quentin rampage jackson and just all those guys because it's it's really fun to have you know john jones or daniel cormier up there ruling the ruse but it's just not nearly as interesting to me when you have dominant figures like that where instead of rather this whole group of just incredibly flawed contenders that we have who are seemingly going to be passing around this belt like a violent game of hot potato right now because it is just deli- delivering some of the best theater, the, the Glover to Share a Storyline from our last title fight was so fun and so cool to see and then just this, the way this fight played out everything to do with this, it was just unbelievable, like you know me I'm, I'm a big Tony Ferguson guy, Yuri Porhaska seemingly is the spiritual successor to Tony Ferguson in a way that I never could have imagined like i'm so here for this uh and the fact that he was seemingly the only one who was disappointed by his performance tonight like it was one of the greatest light heavyweight fights i've ever seen i think it's probably the best light heavyweight title fight uh since jones gustafson won and probably the second best light heavyweight title fight of all time in ufc history i i'm not quite sure on that i'll probably need to go through to see but it's at least top three and it was just something i'll never forget and to me it is the fight of the year front runner right now and it might might actually be the submission of the year front runner too i'm not sure on
3: that but just oh my god man so much out of this jed i mean listen i gotta go to you look at that hair unbelievable but uh you changed course your official pick was yuri perhashka you got it done with a fifth round submission do your best to try to top what sean just did
6: to describe this fight dude i i can't i don't agree with honestly a lot of what Sean said at the end there but (laughs) I'm I'm emotionally spent from this fight card (laughs) like I don't I don't know the last time I felt like this watching a night of fights because like Joanna's one of my favorite fighters ever her retirement like hit me in the feels the Valentina thing I have a lot both financially and personally tied up into her success and that fight was (laughs) Was very 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 damaging to my emotional well being for a lot of it, and then the main event is, I I disagree with Sean. I don't think that this is one of the best. Like like this is I think this is at worst the fifth best fight that's ever happened in the sport, and I think that there is a good argument that it's the second best fight. I know from we talked about in the preview show for me, Lawler Condon is always going to have that and. I know that a lot of people think Lala Rory too, and I'm willing to put this behind Lala Rory too. I would want to watch that one again, even though I've seen it like 50 times and watch this one again. But like straight up, Sean, to your question, there has never been a fight in the sport that has had that many swings. I, I can't mathematically prove unreal. that, but unreal. there, every single round there was a like big swing and many of the rounds had multiple of them. So I was doing the live blog and the fifth round, I am typing, oh my God, Glover's going to kill him. Here He's out on his feet. Oh, he jumped to Gilly like a moron. Oh, it doesn't matter. He's on top. All he has to do is hold this for two minutes. Oh, never mind. He's got mount now. He's just going to finish him. Oh, Yuri swaps, but he doesn't have enough. Oh my God, he's tapping. Like that was like eight swings in the span of three minutes in the fifth round of this fight. Like it's, if it, I'm not here to tell you it is the most technical battle that's ever happened, though I think there is a lot of technique at play here. It just is a little bit weirder. So it's not like, ooh, crisp jabs and stuff. But like, there is no fight. Honestly, ever that has maybe offered that much drama, that much of a roller coaster of emotions, and it's like, I, for me right now, I will put it as the second best fight ever, pending a rewatch of Lawler, of, of Lawler, um, Rory two, and rewatching this to see. But like, I, I think this is clearly going to win fight of the year. I have absolutely my front runner for submission of the year, and like this whole thing is just that whole fight is unbelievable. And I, Sean, the the only time I have felt like this in the last few years, we were at whatever it was, UFC, I don't remember in, in Atlanta, Atlanta. Yeah. the the Izzy uh, Gastelum fight, which is also like on my short list of best fights ever. And I distinctly remember after that fight, just kind of walking around the back of the arena in a daze because I couldn't process like what I was feeling And I got that feeling watching this through a television screen. Like I wasn't three feet away cage side and hearing it. So I think if I was cage side, this would be my favorite fight of all time. Like if I was Jose Young's, this would be the best fight I've ever seen, I'm pretty sure. And it's – so it is for me unquestionably a top five. It is a substantially better fight than Jones Gustafson for watchability. If you want to say you know skills, sure, fine. But I think that's – that was an – that was unbelievable. I, I'm still at a loss for words.
3: A.K. as a a man who does not appreciate the mixing of the martial arts. I don't know if you love this fight or hated it. but go ahead. Uh, first of all, Jed, where's the kimono?
6: I don't own the one.
7: Uh, I, but you, I when he, but you will soon. When, when,
6: yeah when he came out i was like crap do i have like a bathrobe i could even like, <laughs> no I, was, I seriously was trying to think if i had something i could do here i was like the best i could do would be a bed sheet and that feels forced
7: he is magnificent uh you're uh yeah mike you're right listen hashtag keep the martial arts part obviously but i mean not tonight not tonight that that was that's the greatest fight i've ever seen i say that Wow! Really? Bias. Oh, I said it, completely with the recency bias, and also it's one of those things where <laughs> it's where,
5: not wrong. It's not I, I, wrong. Well,
7: no. is, I don't know they, how
5: we're getting a little too crazy with some of these takes. No, but the saying. thing is, wow. like,
7: uh, no, the thing is, like, ha, ha, like at some point you're gonna so you're gonna stack it up against like uh, Condit Condit Lawler, you know, whatever other fight. But it's really just like it's not like you, you can. Have, I don't know if you can subjectively say, oh, well, this fight's clearly better than this one. They're just they're just all these amazing fights. We're spoiled. We're spoiled with with some of the uh, just the high quality. Uh, uh, of championship fights that we get sometimes. uh Gastelum yeah, Gaston was an amazing fight. I mean, we don't even put that amongst, like, I guess we don't, uh, uh, Zhang Weili and Yoana uh, One was an amazing championship fight. There's just all these amazing fights. I mean, again, if someone tells me this is their favorite fight and a week from now, they say, yeah, they still say this is their favorite fight, whatever. It, it was so much fun. I mean, I can't remember the last time I had so much fun watching a five-round fight. We, we got an ending, which is always nice. Um, we could have been headed towards, if if by some chance, I think one of the judges had gone... 10-8 uh, we could have had a Yiri win but even even if Yiri just took the last round 10-9 uh, it would have been a split draw so that wouldn't have been as fun I guess We got, but we got a definitive winner we got a finish that was so exciting so I mean yeah look I, I have for me the answer but the default answer will always be uh, uh, Condit Lawler that is personally my favorite fight ever but man I don't know if someone said this was how could they be wrong it, it was so much fun and yeah we saw a lot of the mixing the martial arts um, but in the best possible way in the best possible way. I don't know if you uh, you guys already mentioned sort of the running chat we had in our Slack, just kind of going like, oh, why is this guy why is Yuri doing that? Why is that happening? Why why is why is he why is he going in at th- this time? Why is he using this technique? So the mixing of the martial arts went completely haywire. Uh but man, you don't get a classic fight like this without uh without a little bit of chaos and without I mean, you know, Yuri was very hard on himself after. In his perception, the fight was horrible. Uh, but it is a spectator sport, and boy. For the spectators that's like as good as it's going to get in a five round main event fight I, I don't know how much more you can ask for so people think it's the best fight ever sure you know it's, if you think it is I, I i would i won't disagree it's not my i wouldn't say it's the best i've ever seen yet but i'm hard is it one i'd put on at any time to have a great time yeah and isn't that all the criteria you need to have like a fight that's you know consider a fight to be amazing and one of the greatest of all time i, I think so
3: you said it was the best fight you've ever seen I think it was the greatest 25 minutes in the history of sports. Yes. I'm kidding. I was trying I'm trying no, to elevate no, where you guys started. It, yeah. Sean Yes. Sean Sean started one place. Jed jumped up. You jumped up. So I figured Dude, that AK's was the, not
6: the wrong. Best
7: find, find another 25 minutes of sports. I, was, I mean, Steph Curry lighting up the Celtics for uh, 20. I mean, you take any 25 Ooh. minutes stretch from that yeah. game on Friday. <laughs> it was fantastic, obviously. But I don't want to go there. I don't want to go I wouldn't go there. Friend. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there. Why would I do that? So obviously, I agree with Mike. This was the, the best 25 minutes in, forget sports, in life. It, it, like, <laughs> uh, that we, any of us has experienced in life. <laughs> Number
3: one. Those your there's a reason why your name is not in the description of this video on YouTube right now, and it's gonna stay that way. <laughs> it's gonna stay that way. So, AK, we'll talk about matchmaking after this, but Sean, now we have options here, right? Yuri, maybe you could do the Ambohovich fight. Yes, a lot of people screaming, let's just run this thing back. I'm kind of on the ladder here because this isn't one of those fights where we could just put it in our back pocket and just pull it out whenever we want. Glover's time is pretty limited in this sport. He's 42 years of age. Certainly didn't fight like he was 42 years of age tonight, going nearly 25 minutes with an absolute murderous madman. And I just feel like if you're going to pull the trigger on this, you got to do it now because how much time do we really have with these two guys? They're both going to be out for a while, I would guess. But do we just pull the trigger and just run this thing back and do it again? Because who's going to complain about that?
5: I do like that you mentioned how much time do we have with both of these guys because I think you're right, right? Like, the Yuri Prohaska era, for however long it's going to last, like, I am so ridiculously excited for whatever this era is going to be because it's just going to be crazy. Like, this this dude – he, Justin Justin Gagey will always be in his own you know sort of territory but like Yuri Prohaska might be the most exciting UFC champion that we've had in the last like 10 years like just in general of like how consistency of like
6: excitement per minute like Disrespected there respected Charles Oliveira right now
5: nah i mean, I mean dude like i'm i'm <laughs> all for Charles Oliveira but Yuri Prohaska is just like a different level of crazy at, like like a, a level that really shouldn't actually work Except he's just such a, a, a psycho and like such a lunatic and he has such an ma- immense athleticism and creativity that it somehow it, it is able to work. Like it, if, if you put all the re- the ingredients together, it really shouldn't – we shouldn't be seeing him do this. But either way, like I am, I'm super here for however long this can sort of be a thing. When this fight ended, my initial response was, oh man, like the Jan Blachovas fight it would be a real European delight. Like you booked that in some sort of European st- stadium. Like that could be really fun. I, both those guys are real characters. And that would seem to be just a very, very crazy fight in and of itself stylistically. And I wasn't really thinking about the rematch, but then Glover did send out that tweet and it gets your mind working a little bit. And you can kind of see the justification for it. Right. Cause as you said, Mike Glover's 42, like whatever window this is kind of, it's got to happen now for, for this guy. Uh, they, these two obviously play into each other in terms of their strengths and weaknesses in such a, a fantastic level that it feels as if they could fight 10 times and we're just going to get madness guaranteed for all 10 of them. Uh, and also just like, I don't know, man, again, 28 seconds. Like Glover Teixeira was really 28 seconds away from winning that fight. I kind of am siding with the immediate rematch right now. I might change my mind tomorrow and switch back to Jan, but at least right now in this moment at, at you know 1 a.m. 1 on Sunday... I kind of really want to see this again, and I don't know. I don't know how quickly they can do this. I wouldn't mind if you give them, both these guys, you know, a lot of time off. Uh, they certainly probably need it. But man, the idea of just seeing this one one more time—it's probably not a deserved rematch. Glover didn't have a title defense to his to his name, but it's just so fun. And there, we don't have anybody right now at two hundred five who's so clearly, obviously, the next up. Yeah, you know, like Jan's that guy, but also you have the Anthony Smith. Uh, you know, matchup out there, the winner of that, Magomed and Kalev, all of that. Like, there's options out there at 205. There's not a clear cut guy. So, I actually don't mind the rematch, if I'm being honest.
3: Yeah. He was 28 seconds away from winning a unanimous decision and winning 49 46 on two of the judges' scorecards. So, I mean, obviously, it's not indicative of how close right. this fight actually was, but it would have been he was up 3
6: 1 on two scorecards and he He's was, up- there was 2 2 on the other. No, he was up 3-1 on two scorecards, but one of those scorecards also had a 10-8 for Yeri. So depending on how they scored that, he still keeps his belt, but it's a draw, like that last round, which probably goes to Glover, but... Yeah, he had had Yeri
3: hurt real bad.
6: Real. I mean, it's man. really it's really tough to say that a round that he literally taps out in goes to him or is about to go to him. Like I'm not confident in saying the judges were going to give that to Glover had he because also had Yuri not tried to tap him, maybe he just beats the shit out of him for another thirty seconds and that like I'm I'm not willing to speculate on what would have happened had that fight not 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 happened how it happened. So but, I mean, you should do the Glover rematch. And I hate immediate rematches. But, like, we're all just we all just acting as if Jan deserves a rematch. And, like, it's it's fine if he gets one. But he beat Alexander Rakic because Rakic blew out his knee stepping backwards. Like, it wasn't, like, a dominant win that reasserts him as the top dude of the thing. Like, it's fine to just run this back with Glover. My only issue with it, aside from the fact that I kind of just, as a rule, hate auto rematches, is... We talked about this in the preview, uh, in the pre-fight show, Mike, like, um, I think Glover's done. And obviously that's a weird thing to say after that incredible performance, but like Carlos Condit and Robbie Lawler ended each other's careers and Lawler may still be fighting and Condit fought for several years after, but we talked about it. Their careers were done after that fight. Glover shares 42 and just had that kind of a fight in there. Like I... If they rematch, I will strongly think Yuri, and I mean maybe Yuri gets done too. He took a lot of shots, took a lot of damage, but I'm going to favor the fact that he's 29, and I sort of feel like that will just be the time where he just puts puts Clover out to pasture. And so I don't. That makes me feel a little weird inside, but at the same time, I I want to see that fight again because it's one of the t- three best fights of all time. And if we don't do it now, we will literally never get it. So run that shit back and let's see what happens.
5: Also, I mean, there is a very – Just quickly, like if we're being honest, and I I, I like to think that we are honest with our audience here, right? Like, Jed, you probably agree with me on this. Eventually, Magomed and Kalayev is going to be champion in this division. Yeah, kind um, of feels like we've been trending towards that way for a long time. And again, if we're being honest, Mogoban and Kaliev is probably not going to be the most exciting champion. He's not going to be Oh, He's be- going
6: be, to be awful.
5: It's going to be he a lot of suck. technical decisions, probably. Or like technical, just ground him out beat him down slowly. It's not gonna this- going
6: to be this. He's going to slowly, not strangle Yuri, but he's just going to like hold him tightly and and just suck all the fun out of, which is an incredible yeah. thing to suck the fun out of Yuri Brashka. Which- and I'm... I'm driving the Uncle I've train because I think that dude's getting the belt, but we should enjoy Yuri while he's while he has the belt.
5: <laughs> exactly, and that was my that was going to be my point, which is if this is the inevitability we are heading towards, I don't mind delaying it for a little bit so we can enjoy this beautiful beautiful man and the beautiful (laughs) violence that he gives us because this is ridiculous what we just saw man again it's like hours later and i'm still floating on this high from this like let's get let's get as many of these as we can out before we get to the next you know grind them out decision heavy champion
0: the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba
1: And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
3: There was uh, one interesting point in the fight that a lot of people on Twitter were talking about. We were talking about it internally in our Slack channel. There's a point where we're, it oh, seems like. there's one Yuri interesting tapped. point? No, I meant no. There, <laughs> people thought Yuri tapped out. But Mark Goddard actually went to Twitter like 15 minutes ago and said. Yuri was actually congratulating and encouraging his opponent. He did it a couple of times, and I told him, that's a risky game, but it's very clear what he was doing and intending. Let's celebrate the incredible feat from both gentlemen. So there was no tap. It was (laughs) Yuri telling Glover, hey, good job. That was a good move. (laughs) This is really nice of of you. Like You're a great fighter, as he's getting almost strangled to death. So... This is, I mean, Yuri is just such a wild man and what a exciting champion he's going to be. But uh, mm-hmm. I agree. I, I'm just going to play spoiler. We're just going to run this thing right back because you got to do it. And if you don't do it now, you're never going to get the chance. And it's going to be one of those things we're going to be talking about. Like one of the what ifs, oh man, what if the UFC just pulled the trigger and just did the immediate rematch? I feel he just got to do it now. And if Ankle beats Anthony Smith, just do ankle versus Jan Bohovich. Who cares? Another That's fight night main event. It? Everybody wins. Everybody wins. AK,
6: any final thoughts?
3: Any any final thoughts about the mixing and the martial arts at just such a high level? (laughs) Uh, Listen, uh, I see I see
7: a few people saying like, "Man, why couldn't Glover hold on?" And like, I'm I think most of us are amazed he even made it as far as he did. I mean, this guy is 42 years right, 42 years young. and I, I, I think again. I, listen, I, I've never been, I've never been a fight, but I can't even imagine being in a fight that's this high level, taking that much punishment. At that point in the fight, for one thing, Glover doesn't know how much time is left. It, it, maybe his corner's yelling it, but he doesn't know. There's 30 seconds left. He doesn't know there's a minute left. He just knows there's a guy on his back who's been punching him repeatedly in the head for you know almost 25 straight minutes, um, and. And is, he just can't breathe. And, and not just from the choke. I mean the choke probably did not feel good. But the cardio at that point is like really – he's past E on the gas tank. You know what I mean? So that's – and by the way, did we decide – sorry. Did we know that he tapped or if he did, was a verbal? We, did, did, we, did, we, did we eventually get an angle where we saw what he – how he submitted?
6: I I don't recall. I don't I think, think so on the replay it was, it, on, on the, the, the replay, tapped, it was, it was, replay. It There There is a tap. T- okay, was, I thought it was verbal. Tap.
7: Yeah. Okay, I assumed it was verbal. I, I assumed like because the referee was in there, real close, and I could have imagined Glover just either either verbally tapping or making some sort of noise. Because if people know you make if you make a certain noise, like a loud noise during a submission attempt, that's also considered a, that you're tapping out. So I thought it was just some sort of verbal recognition. But referee was in there, saw the tap. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> the fact that he lasted the last he did is amazing. okay he doesn't know there's 30 seconds left. I'm sure he's gonna look. He's just looking back now and just laugh. Not laughing at it though knowing glover he has he's, he has a pretty like us uh, like a good strong way of like taking things in perspective so he probably is gonna look at that footage and be like, wow 30 seconds really like i didn't know if i if i had somehow known the exact you know point of the fight i was at, he probably would have hung on but uh but i
6: don't think do. that's but, the footage he's gonna look back and be sad about
7: i mean there's I a think, lot of stuff that ju- i didn't even jump in it, that gilly. Be about it
6: i mean <laughs> yeah la- jumping that gilly is
7: sure
2: I
6: Again, mean,
7: listen, both guys made some questionable tactical decisions. Uh mostly Yuri and then and then as you pointed out, the Glover uh, kill kill team. <laughs>
6: you're absolutely I mean you can't I'm comfortable saying that that is the worst decision I've ever seen in a fist fight other than maybe Chael Sonnen spinning back fist on Anderson (laughs) (laughs) no
5: I you have to push back on that a little bit at that point those dudes are just fighting on soul instinct like I can't Mm -hmm. even imagine to begin to put myself physically in whatever emotional and physical space they were at that point like 23 minutes into that fight like that is a completely different level of just being that like none of the four of us will ever actually understand mm-hmm. like you, yeah. you can criticize if all you want but like it's it's called it the worst ever like i can't even begin to imagine being able to think straight in that type of moment like for him he was just going on instinct
7: Ooh. like how do i how do i end yeah. this you know how do i end this and if it you know if he had done it in round one when they were less exhausted and less slick maybe it would have worked but yeah, it, 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 in the moment, yeah, sure, sure, a very questionable decision. But again, so was you know a Yuri kind of throwing a couple of knees that got him taken down, and
6: <laughs> Yuri's uh, arm yeah. triangle attempt. <laughs>
7: yeah, but what's but what's know. the fun in pick, picking these tactics apart, right? Whatever whatever it was, these guys just yeah, getting that it That's that that what so made
6: awesome. the fight fun. That they yeah. both were insane. It was <laughs>
7: awesome. MMA is fun. MMA is fun. Listen, I'm always complaining about mixing the martial arts, but MMA is fun, man. In its purest form,
3: gosh, that was a fun fight. It was, and Glover wants more. He wants to do it again. Oh, he comes gosh. right out and says, let's go again. How could you not love this amazing know, stuff? Man. Speaking of immediate rematches, it seems like the masses want to see an NMB rematch in the co-main event as well, because Tyler Santos brought a an A-game and Valentina Shevchenko. I got to say this, and you know, maybe people feel like I'm making excuses for it. I, I feel like, Jed, you're going to agree with me, so I'll start with you here. I feel like Valentina was just super off tonight. She was making uncharacteristic errors throughout the night. Like normally she adjusts pretty well on the fly, almost like her and Volkanovski do such a good job at adjusting in the fight, not just from fight to fight, but like in the moments of the fight. Like if I make a mistake, all right, I ain't doing that again. And it just felt like Valentina just kept going to the same well over and over again. And it just wasn't working for her. In the end, she's still the champion, split decision, could have gone either way. Close fight, definitely not a robbery. I scored it for Shevchenko. I know a lot of people who scored it for Santos. 49-46 seemed to have people scratching their heads for Valentina. But Jed, what what stands out more to you? Santos's performance or Valentina's performance and why? I
6: don't know. I think it's I think it's both. Like I I think it is column A and column B here. Cause I think for sure this this did not look like the best version we've ever gotten of Valentina Shevchenko. Now, some of that is certainly a credit to Santos. I think, honestly, I think I underestimated how much Santos's physicality would come into play. And I know she's a plus athlete and pretty physical, but, I i mean, Shevchenko held her own, maybe gave slight edges to Amanda Nunes, and Tyler Santos is not Amanda Nunes. And so I thought that that she would still have a clear and decided advantage in that area she really didn't and that was honestly that was the thing that got her into the biggest amount of trouble she kept going to the well with the safety valve she's developed lately of being like all right well when we do get in these clinch exchanges she has not never been like a super technical takedown artist from the clinch she'll get double unders and maybe have a trip but she's mostly just hossing girls down because she is a monster at that weight class and so in the first round she tried to do a bad toss and got punished for it and she didn't adjust because she, she kind of, I think she knew the end point was right. And the end point was if she got on top, Santos had nothing off her back. And we saw that in round five. And you could say Santos was tired, but Sant- Santos is a top position grappler. Like she, and it's pretty good in the scrambles, but she doesn't have a lot to offer if you get her down. And Shevchenko's so strong and she wanted to get in those positions, but she kept going about it in the worst ways possible with head and arm throws and stuff like that. And so to some extent, That's Shevchenko just not doing the things that we expect of her. To the other extent, that's just Santos being really physical and really well prepared. And we say it all the time, and I'll say it until I die, because I think Mighty Mouse's accomplishments are substantially more impressive than people winning two belts. Defending your title over and over again is the hardest thing to do in this sport. Doing it for years on end when, like, uh, I forget who we were talking about earlier, Wiley Zhang or somebody uh, Jose was saying. Sh- she came in and Joanna was a champion and she had spent all this time preparing to fight Joanna. For the last five years, every woman who was going to compete around 125 has been preparing to fight Valentina Shevchenko. And Shevchenko is just preparing to fight everybody. That's a very different thing to do. And you can't have an off night. You have to be your best every time because you're getting the sole focus of an entire human being's life. All of the work Tyler Santos has done for 28 years went into tonight, and that is an impossible thing to do to defend against year over year over year. And occasionally you're going to get some fights like this. So I thought I scored it for Shevchenko, the official MMAfighting.com great website scorecard was for Shevchenko. If you scored it for Santos, I I don't have an issue with that. I, I think that that's a fair scorecard, but... These two will fight again, but they fight next because that's going to be Misha Tate. But we can talk about that later.
3: Maybe. Maybe. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. How did you score this fight, Sean?
5: So initially, in the moment, I scored it for Santos. Although I was actually I was distracted during rounds two and three, which ended up being some of the swing rounds. So I, I kind of went back and rewatched portions of it d- during the night, and I, I switched my scorecard to Shevchenko. Ultimately, I'm going to rewatch it tomorrow and get a better sense all the way through. But to me, Shevchenko three to two seemed like the right call. Um, but I ultimately I. I agree a lot with how jed sort of finished his answer and that's what stood out to me ultimately when it when i look at this fight because nights like saturday night are why those legendary runs by guys like an anderson silva or a george st pierre or demetrius johnson are so special and are so rare because as jed said when you stick around the mountain long enough Eventually, there are going to be bad nights. There are going to be surprises. There are going to be challengers who come in there maybe make you feel like you're stuck in the mud or you're unable to get out of first gear. And how champions handle those nights, that's what separates just the basic champions from the all-time greats, the, the, the legends who can really power out of those nights and muster out enough to win. And that's exactly what Valentina did uh, on Saturday, it was really the first taste that she's gotten of of that sort of phenomenon of, hey, man, like this is not my best stuff tonight. I'm just gonna have to figure this out. And she made it work. And and I mean, she, she said after the fact that she has a foot injury, uh, that was really bothering her all throughout fight week, and it was why she didn't do her normal dance. Sometimes you hear that sort of thing and you sort of disregard it. Valentina doesn't feel like the type who uses those type of excuses, who has really ever said anything like that post-fight. So I take her for her word at that. I mean, it did it did look like she was flat from the beginning, but also you have to put a lot of that on Tyla Santos. Like she came out there with an incredible game plan and the physicality that, that she was bringing to Valentina was a type of challenge that Valentina had, has not dealt with yet at this point in her career, at least at this point in her flyweight career. And frankly, if we don't get that you know, timely, accidental clash of heads when we do, we might be looking at Tyler Santos as the champion right now. And we might, this might be the one that got away from Valentina Shevchenko. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and, and Shevchenko was both on Saturday. She was lucky and she was good because if that timely, cla- accidental clash of heads doesn't happen, maybe you know this whole thing is, is sort of uh, being looked at a little differently. But... Ultimately, I mean, it was a championship performance from Shevchenko, and I, I think it'll be interesting now to see where we move forward from this. Because obviously, for a lot for the past several years, every Shevchenko fight, it feels like we finish it, and it's just like, all right, well, she smashed through that person. Who's who's who could possibly be next? Who's going to be interesting? And it's it's been really difficult to find interesting matchups, and now it feels like we have a couple sort of landed on our laps, right? Where the Santos rematch suddenly feels like it could be pretty viable uh also we have you know valentina could move up to bantamweight this is something we've talked about all week dana white's talked about all week valentina even talked about it in her post-fight press conference still wanting to do that whether it be the winner of whether it be pena or nunes whoever whoever wins that fight and also we have the lauren murphy misha tate fight out there too which which jed just mentioned i mean misha tate needs to get past lauren murphy which that's definitely not a given uh but if she does that's a high profile fight for both women um so there are a lot of good options right now for valentina and i think However, you sort of shake it. Maybe the Tate White fight wouldn't be looked at this, but whether it's Santos or you know the bantamweight title fight, either of those would be the most interesting Shevchenko fight to me that we have gotten in quite some time.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the accidental head clash because that's. I mean, that was clearly the momentum shift in the entire fight. It seemed like Santos was 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 getting better. She was getting stronger. She's getting the better of Valentin in a lot of ways, and that head clash. Led to everything, Valentina wins round four, round five. Those are the two clearest rounds for her. Santos had a clear third round. She had a ton of momentum coming out of that third round. And then the head clash happens. And then as fun as this night was, we got to see the medical profession in Singapore absolutely shine because there's <laughs> Tyla Santos, her eye swollen shut, just looking gnarly. And we're asking, where's the doctor? The doctor's not even going to look at the side, and then right as we say it, here comes the doctor, and he's getting ready to examine her. Three and a half seconds later, this fight begins again, because the doctor's just like, okay, you have an eye. We're good. Continue on. I mean, hey, in the end, it's good for Valentina. That's fine. Michael that,
6: Bisping won that, the really middleweight belt with one eyeball. That is a fine choice. <laughs> Great work, doctor. I support you.
7: If, if the fight had been called in the middle of the third round uh would santos fourth. have have uh, middle would, of fourth, excuse me would Santos have won a technical decision no because because valentina would have gotten the yeah valentina would have they would have still scored what they could in the fourth round
6: well so actually valentina- i don't know i haven't looked at the cards yeah i mean it still would have been a draw but valentina won forty nine forty six 46 on some moron's card so she would have won she would have won one round it would have been a majority draw <laughs>
7: After two rounds, Santos was up 29 28 on one card, 30 27 on another card. After three rounds, excuse me, I can't because I can't do basic addition right now. Uh, 29 28 on one card, 30 27 on the other card, and then the other card had 29 28 um, Valentin. So
6: Santos couldn't have been up been after it would have been, would have been a split draw if, if it would have Lef- ended. David, David Lethabee had, 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 had it, it. David Lethabee had it 30 won't.
5: 27 set, oh, yeah, seconds. it would have
6: been a split draw. Okay,
5: it would have been a split draw had it ended after the fourth round. Yep. So Valentina still would have retained to some degree because it would
7: have been uh, what would have happened. One of them would have one, had it for Santos. One, one a piece
6: and a split. Yeah, one of them had it for
7: Yes, right. Because yeah, and Clemens Warner had it. Would have had it thirty. Yeah, would have had it for. Uh... Interesting. Okay, so that would not have been to her advantage if the fight had if the fight had been paused there. Um, but yeah, a horrible bit of luck there for for Taz Santos because she could not see out of that eye. She could not. I'm not. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm not a doctor, and maybe the person who examined her isn't either, because she could not see out of her <laughs> eye. right? And, and, and again, I don't want to. I don't want to take away from from Valentina gutting it out and getting there. Maybe she wins those last two rounds anyway. You know, she, she's she's a great champion, as you said. Her, she's the better striker. If She was able to keep it on the feet for those last two rounds. It would have turned out the same way no matter what. But I just don't see how having one eye pretty much shut did not have a deleterious effect on. Santos' performance, so um, and by the way, I, I, I still think Valentina did great. Uh, I, I totally agree with what Shaheen said. Like, I wish when we were judging champions, we wouldn't always judge, you know, how they performed at their best, like, it wasn't just based on that. And we looked at, yeah, some of their tougher performances how did they gut it out? How how, how did they find a way to win? Because every champion looks, if you look at their highlight reel, nobody misses in highlights. We always say that, right? About any sport, nobody misses in highlights. So when you put up together a champ's highlight reel, that's great. What doesn't show up in the highlight reel is, is, is fights like this, where you see, like, okay, well, what when they weren't at their best, or the opposite, even if she was at their best and they're facing an opponent who was also at their best, which I think Talis Santos was really, really good tonight. Um, and and put and put the champion in just in positions that wasn't comfortable to them. So yeah, I, I, I view fights like this as a positive for a fighter's legacy. I I don't want to hear exposed. I don't want to hear robbery. I think it's a I think that's all a bit silly. Um, if I could, if I could sort of dive into the People love numbers, guys. People love stats. I if we could kind of dive into the numbers here. Jed, you said the 49-46 score was ludicrous. I'm I tend to agree. It's not lu-
6: it's not ludicrous, but it's pretty rose-colored glasses. It's, it's, for, it's and it's I, based and on, I had a, a yeah. unreasonable amount of money on Valentina Shevchenko. Sure. And that that's a very <laughs> generous reading of that fight. Yeah. It's not that- unreal but it's it's tough scene i think
7: that's that's giving her uh, uh valentina round 1 for a lot of the you know the kind of the over the shoulder punches she was throwing but so if you look at it uh if you look at the stats again stats aren't everything and stats aren't accurate all the time but um so valentina was credited with 35 total strikes in round 1 only 10 significant and zero significant, gra- significant ground strikes. So the stats themselves did not count any of those those punches as significant. And the judges aren't always in lockstep with the stats, but again, they're sort of trained to recognize what is a significant strike and what is it. And, and I think the two judges that scored it for Tyler kind of disregarded those strikes, which I, I would have as well. Um, yeah, some would argue okay. some would argue, any damage is better than no damage, but I do think we have to make a distinction there. So I would have gone first round Santos as Don't well. the
6: rules explicitly yeah. state that like threatening with a submission – constitutes a like successful path to victory in the round yes like but only
7: only that would be secondary to damage right that would be secondary if you consider oh, okay. those punches damaged then they would take priority but i don't consider the, it, it's it's a bit of a tricky one yeah i don't know if it's a gray area i'm sure there's people who could make mm-hmm. a stronger distinction than i can but i do think those kind of you know not comfortable not enjoyable to be getting pitter-pattered in the face by uh, valentina shevchenko i'm sure but i would have to i would strongly weigh You know what Tyler Santos was doing in that round more than those punches. But maybe I'm wrong. That's where Clemens Werner was probably coming from. The other two judges did score for Santos. But I thought round two for uh, Shevchenko, rounds four and five, obviously Shevchenko. So not like... It is a controversial fight, as in people are talking about it, by definition, controversial. But I'll be doing a robbery review. Spoiler alert, I don't think it'll be a robbery. I do have to watch that round two uh, closely again. But uh, yeah, if we're looking at damage, who did the most impact? You just wish Tyler had had done a little bit more damage um it sucks because she was going to finish the fight she was really in there with some submission attempts so, so to say she wasn't attempting to finish the fight is really unfair to her but by the way their criteria is that uh, the damage that valentina did in round two i think will matter more but i will watch that round again um but yeah i don't i don't think it's a robbery at all but uh, having a beef with 49 46 score uh pretty understandable
6: i also just want to say this because i don't think we've said it and it should bears being said Everything we said is true. Tyler Santos is the second best flyweight in the world. Like, I feel really comfortable with that. I thought that she had a claim to that. And she maybe hadn't proved it the way Caitlin Chikagian had. But she came in this fight 19 and 1. Her first loss, as we'd mentioned on the pre fight show, very explicable as her UFC debut. And a lot of people lose that kind of fight. Since then, she has looked excellent and has been really good and is still getting better. Like, I I feel comfortable that she would beat Caitlin Chukagian if they fought and that she is the second best flyweight in the world. And so at, at the baseline of this, I don't think Valentina Shevchenko had her best night, and she still managed to beat the second best woman in her weight class with her off speed pitches. She didn't have her fastball, but she got the the change up working and, and managed to squeak out a very competitive win. It's not going to be one we talk about in like great, you know, we write poems about, but again, defending your belt. Is freaking impossible in this sport. So props to you, Valentina Shevchenko.
5: And can I say, I do, well, hold on, I I, I do want to caution Shane. us. I just I do want to caution us to not to at least keep some level of perspective. And because I mean, if if you would have talked about Dominic Reyes on the night where he fought John Jones, you would have said, well, he's clearly the number two light heavyweight in the world right now, too. And we came to find out that that is very much not true. So. We have not seen enough of Tyler Santos for me to feel comfortable anointing her as the number two. I think Caitlyn, Caitlyn Chu and, and Jessica Andrade, whether she d- is still in that division or not, we don't know yet. But she's I mean, not. I think she's a, she's a She she's kind of going back and forth between both. I mean, either way, like I think there there's still some room to to business to be done before we can very cleanly say that Tyler Santos is the number two uh, yeah. flyweight in the world. But
6: I mean, I, she's I prefaced not there. it. I preface it by saying, I true Gagan deserves it for what she's accomplished. But if they fought, I'm picking Santos. And to quibble with you, I did not say Dominic Reyes was the second best light heavyweight in the world after John Jones. I said he was the first best light heavyweight in the world after <laughs> he beat John <laughs> Jones. So get that right, Sean. <laughs> I was wrong, I, right, it, but I right. believed it.
7: I feel like I wasn't taken seriously though when I was telling people that Tala Santos would be like was a legitimate challenge for Valentina Shevchenko. I feel like I got a, maybe maybe not from you guys. Maybe I'm just been reading too much Twitter. I feel like there was way too many people counting out. Um, this is what I wrote before the fight in, in the predictions, my always accurate predictions, of course. Uh, first, I opened by saying I'm not crazy thinking Tala Santos has a chance here, right? You know, because I, I did feel like there was a lot of just people just saying, "Oh, she's the mandatory challenger." um So here's what I, wrote. I said. Regardless of how highly you rate her chances, she's definitely more than a mandatory challenger. She's shown few holes in her game. She's beaten a lot of her UFC opponents, strength for strength. Uh, we knew that she had legit Muay Thai before she came to the to the UFC, but she also has a strong workman like top game. This was, I think, this played out very accurately in in the fight as well. Also, uh, maybe workman like back control, if you want to push take it further further. And I said her sizable underdog status says more about the aura of invincibility surrounding the champion than any shortcomings on Santos' part. I stand by that as well. And then at the end, I said, uh, that says Santos is going to give her a fight, possibly the toughest fight uh, that Valentina has faced since winning the title. However, when the scorecards are read, it will be uh, lucky number seven for the pound-for-pound queen. And uh, some people might emphasize the word lucky. I don't know. I wouldn't. But uh, I kind of said said that without uh, intending to mean that she'd have some luck on the scorecards. But uh, maybe she did tonight. But uh, no, I I thought it was a pretty good good, one. Yeah, I mean, I... If only I and, – and I was smart enough not to go all the way with it and pick Santos, though, uh, again, she did win on one of the Georgia scorecards, so maybe I should have. But, um, yeah, great fight. Great fight and I would happy to be happy to see it uh, run back, if only because – I don't know if there's anyone at Flyweight. I'm, like, dying to see – get a title shot right now.
6: Misha Tate's it. I don't think she gets Just past her. Lauren Murphy. I know. Yeah. I've been on that – I've been
3: saying that for the longest time.
6: Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see what it.
3: happens. We'll see what I, happens. We're a couple bad. weeks away. Couple weeks. Couple weeks. We'll see it happen and then we can discuss it and talk all about it. But uh a very uh on Greg
6: Matt. I want to see Santos fight again. I think you can run this right back because of the fight, but just have some like I think Santos would be anybody else in the division, basically, other than Jessica Andraj. I'm with you, Sean. But I, I think of her as a weight, But like, she's gonna be people. Just let her get a win, and then you run it right the hell back because that fight was really good, and it's she's a worthwhile, wild challenger.
5: Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, we come out of this Saturday night for the first time in a very long time with a lot of interesting options for Valentina. Like there, like yeah. maybe not a lot, but there are at least two interesting options for Valentina, and that that's a lot much more given her career. Yeah, that's much more than we've been able to say for quite a while. So,
3: can't hate on it. Plus, yeah, maybe, and if she, maybe wins, she you goes have to one fifteen. You have three options.
6: Four. Maybe she goes to one fifteen. You know, we're just talking about it at the post fight. Somebody asked her that.
3: Yeah, I, I, I found that very interesting that she only weighed one thirty on yeah. on fight morning.
6: I was pretty surprised by that.
3: Yeah, me too. So that was that fight. Before that, Zhang Wei Li may have just like I said earlier during the press conference feed, I can't wait for the ranking show. I'm so excited for it. Between (laughs) 205 and 115, just the conversations of these two divisions are going to be fantastic. But Zhang Weili might just be the number one strawweight in the world come the next MMA Fighting Global Rankings despite not being the champion. Despite being one and two in her last three fights, she might be the number one strawweight in the world. She knocks out And officially retires Joanny Young with a spinning backfist. So we have a fight of the year, a submission of the year, perhaps, and another contender. We're not even, we're barely at the halfway point of the year. And we have another contender for knockout of the year. Sean Zhangwei Lee, she showed up and she showed out. And Yuani and JJ got knocked out. What a performance from Zhang Wei Lee. We go from one of the greatest fights of all time to just a as fun as that first round was, it was clear as Zhang round, and then she just went out and put the lock on the door in the second. Just talk about Zhang's performance and, and what she did tonight. It was impressive. Yeah, I, it was very impressive.
5: I mean, you mentioned that that sixth round, really, which is what that was. Because I mean, they came, they went out there and they picked up business like it had never left from a couple years ago. I mean, that was that fight started out fast, and then just, I mean, it, it's hard because it is so brutal the way it finished, right? And you don't want to see someone like Yuna and who is so beloved and who is so respected in this industry, go out like that. Uh, it's certainly not a a, a ceremonious. End for her career, but I mean, Zhang Guayli was someone who I don't know that she was being get, she was getting written off. She I think believe she was actually the favorite coming into this fight, but there wasn't a lot of conversation around her and really where she could be in this division. It felt like the the storylines we were all talking about and just everyone else in the in the industry was talking about was oh this is set up for Ioana to actually do this in a way that we didn't really expect, and now Zhang Wei coming in here. Uh, I think it'd be crazy if she's the number one strawweight in the world come next ranking cycle because obviously she lost twice to Rosana Muniz and Carla Sparza's is two and zero against Rose Yunus At a certain point, you have to give Carla some level of respect, even though I think we all just sort of assume I do that not. Zhang Wei is the champion now. Like I suspect it's not going to be long before that belt's <laughs> around her wa- waist. We're already like kind of giving her early congrats for the second title run she- brain she's about to have. Uh, I also do wonder like if she might end up being the biggest favorite as a challenger in UFC champion history or championship history, or at least biggest favorite since Valentina was supposed to fight Nico Montano. Uh, I think I would be—I would not be surprised if that
6: ends up being oh, the case. I forgot <laughs> that was a fight. Well, it didn't end up being a fight. I know. So, I forgot yeah. that was a planned fight, though. <laughs> uh,
5: but ultimately, man, I mean, this weight division is so fun right now, and it would have been more fun had Ioana had still been in it it sucks to see her go but right now with the part the the parody we have between Zhang, rose carla uh and jessica at the top like it is a real rock paper scissors type of situation where one woman has wins over the other and the other has w- wins over the other and it's just it's really fun uh and i i mean man i don't know that this was this doesn't eclipse my knockout of the year i still think chandler ferguson takes it for me but in terms of strength of competition, this one was better than Molly McCann's for me. Like, this is right up there. This is number two for me.
7: Do, do you remember what the odds were for Shevchenko at I think
6: minus it was like 12 three. to 1, right? Minus <laughs> yeah. 600 at, at the minute.
7: Uh, minus 13, uh, it's from topology, minus 1300 favorite Valentin Shevchenko That's, and yeah. uh, Nico, plus 700 underdog.
6: Plenty of value on Damn. Shevchenko at that price. <laughs> <laughs>
7: okay.
6: He's
3: not lying. He's not. Um,
7: lying but yeah, there. and as far as like, I think this is like a not a terrible candidate for knockout of the. I mean, i do I, 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 not Look, We're gonna go. We're gonna go and uh, the uh, Chandler and, and Ferguson. Uh, but I would imagine when uh, when the time comes. But I, I the, the fact that she did it to Joanna Jacek, I and mean, we've seen her rocked before. She definitely got rocked in in the, in the you know Rose I mean, the first Rose fight and and, and TKO. So it's not like we haven't seen her hurt. But man, to just see her. It was a super clean uh uh back fist. It, it landed the, the way she fell was like a that was a that was a humpty dumpty fall of the week, uh Jed. If you know if if we ever Dude, if she, did like, those dove to things. the
6: ground. <laughs> it was super weird. no
7: no follow-up shots were necessary. It was essentially a walk-off. And the referee didn't like step in right away, so you know uh Wei-Li didn't get to do like a cool walk-off, but she easily could have. I mean, it's just um so just considering who it was. It, it does. It does definitely elevate into the con- into the conversation. Um, I'm sure people will like if someone said it was the you know knockout of the year. I wouldn't be mad, but it's going to be hard to beat the uh, just this pure visual of the Chandler uh, Ferguson KO, um, and the fact that man, it's like history making. You know, one, it was a it was a rematch. It put a, a definitive capper on their on their feud. I mean, she won the first fight by decision anyway. But if there's any doubt, like who the better fighter is, I mean, my goodness, that's 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 uh, that's how you that's how you make your statement. And then that it is a a retirement knockout you know she she literally ended the career of one of the greatest fighters of all time um there's a narrative around it so uh yeah visually i don't know if it's as strong as the mccann or chandler kales but in terms of the who she did it to
3: it's, it's up it's up there it's really up there a great night for zhang Lee, jen michu a a night of reflection on the career of yoni on tough night for jessica Andraj, though when it comes to you because she lost the submission of the year to this point to Yuri Prohashka in your eyes, because she was the front runner with the the standing arm triangle. Did she, she's definitely lost her title shot that a lot of people felt she deserved after the Amanda Lemos win because now Zhang Weili gets that. Is Zhang Weili taking over the number one spot as the, as the top straw weight in the world now with this win? Does she take over Jessica Andrade's spot that you, that you have for her there.
6: Did she do that as well? I will say that I, it is not a certainty that Zhang Weili fights for the belt next because I know that you, you know, you're in mixed martial arts, but maybe you haven't haven't heard that occasionally Dana White says stuff that isn't true, and we're a long way away from that fight happening, and. Just throwing it out there, if I was Carlos Barza, I would get hurt and not defend my belt for some time because I don't want those problems that are coming from Wiley Zhang. So I think there's still a window where maybe Zhang Wiley, something happens. There's a window for her to get in there, even though clearly Zhang has has pole position at this point. But yeah, really bad night for Jessica I'm Probably put uh, Zhang as my number one. In, in the world because that was a again it's hard to judge just because joanna was off so long and i i think that it's probably fair to say you know hindsight being 2020 that probably wasn't like she's probably diminished i think she had been a little bit diminished in some of her you know in her other fights before that and then she took two years off and just doesn't quite have a fastball anymore because she's almost 35 and that's very difficult to fight for 20 years and still be there but man that was a corkscrewing she worked her over in a way we've never seen anyone work Ioani and Chick over and looked. she just looked unbelievable and I'm mad because when I first looked at this fight I was like that's probably what's gonna happen and then I kept rewatching their old fight and everybody in the media, I think Sean was alluding to this. Everybody in the media felt maybe we all got caught up in the narrative of Joanna doing it or whatever it was, but it felt like everybody <clears> was on the Joanna's going to, going to do this. She kind she probably won the first fight. She's going to come back. It's going to be this great story. Yeah. And it was like, no, actually the younger, substantially stronger, faster fighter had three rounds and she came out like a bat out of hell to win that fight and put a, Put a stamp on it so I it's hard for me not to put her at if you put Carla sure I'm not gonna fight you Carla has done the things and should be rewarded for it but I cannot I just can't do it in the same way that I'm the happiest man alive because Corey Anderson is not (laughs) the best light heavyweight in the world right now uh, I just can't, I can't put Carl at my number one when there are like five women in the division who I think would roll over. So uh, uh, it's probably going to be Jean for me.
3: Fair enough. And then before we go to the peeps and we'll talk about obviously some, some other things along the way as we uh, compile the questions, but Sean, that was the last you on check fight. That's it. Yeah. She's done. I believe her. This is not a typical MMA retirement. Where we see her come back and do it again. I think, she went in here with a plan. If it doesn't go well, I'm just going to get out of here. I'm going to manage and have a family and travel and still be a part of the sport, but I'm just not going to be competing in it anymore. Your reaction to and Jaycheck, one of the greatest women's fighters of all time, former champion, calling it a career? Yeah, man. It was sad, right?
5: I think it was really sad. It's sad to see her up there almost like apologizing. Uh, because and Jacek certainly has nothing to apologize for. I mean, this is the original boogie woman of the strawweight division. This is really the person who built the strawweight division on her back. Uh, like and Jacek is a champion. She's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer probably by the end of 2024, if I know the UFC as well as I do. Like, they're pretty quick with with people they like, and I'm sure they're going to be pretty quick with her. She's a true legend when it comes to, to the women's ranks, and she's also just an all-violence first-teamer. Uh, like if you just put together the the list of the all violence first team for for the women, Joanna and Jaija is one of the quickest entries in there. Uh, but also like like I think new fans kind of have only seen this second half of Joanna's career where she lost more fights than she's winning and and I think maybe they don't have a good sense of just how important she was because she leaves with so many accolades really like even despite all these late struggles she still has the best run of championship defenses in this the history of this division and again she really helped establish 115 as in my mind at least the marquee division of the women's ranks and she did it with just the ferocity that she was approaching this game, right? Like she came up during the time of Ronda Rousey. Her and Ronda headlined, uh, you know, a show over there in Australia, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And like she really was sort of the Rousey of 115. And, and she did it all the way through. Like if you look at the outpouring of love that she received tonight, uh, once she made that announcement, just within the community, the fighters, the fans, media, everybody. Few people in this game are so just universally beloved and it's almost like you like you look at that and you it's almost easier to understand the impact that she had, right? Because, like, Carlos Barza was the first champion in this division, but Joanna Champion was the first star. Like, she had the swagger. She had the sense of style. She was, again, ferocious in there. She was just dripping with confidence. She had the demon stare-downs that we all loved when, when she was first coming up. I remember being in Dallas from the first moment she showed up in Dallas uh, as the challenger to Carlos belt. And at that point, it was – so clear and obvious like nobody really knew who Joanna was but it was so obvious that it was a potential star that the ufc had on its hands here and they and she held up her end of the bargain like her reign of terror in this division was technical bloody violent and it, it mean and it just it felt special like it even even you know from every single title fight that she had it just generally felt like big and it felt special and even once the title picture chewed her up and spit her out, she was still that sort of special attraction, right? Like in her penultimate fight, we get one of the greatest fights of all time that she actually probably should have won and been a two-time champion at that point. Um, Like anybody who... Watched UFC 248, I think that was or whatever card that was with that first Whaley fight live. Like they, you, they will never forget the feeling that was coursing through their body as Joanna and Shack willed herself to almost near victory in, with an alien sprouting out of her forehead. Like Joanna and Shack means a lot to this sport. She means the world to 115. And it's going to be really sad to to not have her around. Uh, but also, it's not surprising because I mean, she is has talked about motherhood for quite some time now. Um, I mean, she sort of was laying the seeds and the breadcrumbs for this the last couple of years, Uh, even sort of at the end of her title run, too. She was sort of talking about how tired she was of some of this. Um, So, you know, it's sad, but ultimately, it's maybe not the best ending for her to go out on. But I'd much rather her go out now rather than losing a bunch in a row in this type of fashion. And again, she'll be a Hall of Famer by the end of the next couple of years. And I'm I'm sure when that happens, there's not going to be a dry eye in the house for her speech.
3: Okay, we'll save your reaction for on to the next one we'll wax poetically and actually do one of the segments we've been promising people but always forget to do when people retire oh yeah we'll just do it <laughs> tomorrow for you Mata. Sure, uh, yeah. but sure, jed yeah. i feel like we have a future episode of
6: damn they were good do we not oh hell yeah oh for sure like that was like the first thing i thought we got a rules she's John Anik does this weird thing where he's wrong about the histor- like the history of fighters a lot, which is really annoying. And then also says stuff that's like, in some people's estimation, the most accomplished strawweight champion. It's actually just math when you're phrasing it like that. She clearly has more accomplishments than any other fighter in that division because the accomplishments are titles and she has more of them. So it's not – it's just not up for debate. She's the best strawweight. She's – I think a top five female fighter of all time, though maybe she is six, depending on how much you like Megumi Fujii. Uh, uh, I can't speak because it's 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> how much you like Mega Magoo, <laughs> that will debate whether she's a top five or not. But yeah, she rules. Um, I'm sad to see her go. And the UFC is really, really dumb if they let her go be a manager. This is one of the most charismatic fighters you've had in your organization in 10 years. I don't know what you do with her. Cause she doesn't feel like she's just an analyst in a booth, you know, like doing that thing, but there's something to do with her because she is great at talking to people and has such a legacy and such charisma and just such a importance to this sport and her weight class. Like don't let her go manage fighters and show up occasionally at, you know, events like get her, get her on the payroll and find something to do with her because that's what should happen here. It won't because they're boring. But yeah, that's, that's like the biggest thing I want for her moving forward is for her to have a role that is frequently in our lives and not just I'm managing X, Y, or Z. Like it's just not as fun.
3: Yep. Happy also, trails, Joanna. More and, on more and her tomorrow on to the next one. Let me just week. throw last ad, John? one last, Yeah, one last note. UFC 185,
5: still one of the greatest performances from a challenger in a title fight ever. Just thorough performances.
3: Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Just a shellacking in, in that fight. Uh, Zhang Li. not only did she get probably a top five spot for Nagano of the year when the year is, is said and done, she also got $50,000, as did Jake Matthews, as did Jack Della Madalena, as did freaking Mahashata. Holy cow, what a knockout that was. was she, yeah, isn't that nuts? And then uh, Sylvania gomez Juarez also got herself uh, a bonus because they gave bonuses to everybody who finished except for Yuri. <laughs> Yuri got fight of the night. He you should have gotten it. himself an extra 50 G's. Come on, dude. That's yeah, he got insane. a sweet,
7: he got a sweet twenty thousand dollar crypto.com fan bonus, all right. I Yay. strongly respect
6: I strongly respect that Shevchenko got the most crypto money. It's the most un, like what a stupid, stupid award.
7: Well, hold on. That's dude. that's nothing compared to Rose getting it. All right, Rose won the first I know. one. Remember? It's just so no, dumb. I don't know if it's the first one, but yeah. Every
6: time they give it out, it's, it's always it's to the worst person to get it. It's wild. Speaking of wild,
3: there's still a whole bunch of you watching right now, and you are we'll wild. I love you all. So let's see what you are have amazing. to say. Yeah, you guys are amazing. We'll take watching. a, we'll take a few. We'll take a few. <sighs> Can we yeah. talk
5: about Austin Matthews? Because holy shit, who's Austin Matthews? Hockey, Austin, hockey, Austin hockey, Matthews. Hockey He's a hockey player. Austin, right? not Austin. Okay, sorry. It's really, really late. <laughs> Jake <laughs> Matthews. Jake. Oh, Matthews. it's
6: late for you in Arizona. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, what,
5: I was like, what did Austin Matthews do? I'm like,
7: wait, dude. I'm like dude, they've been out of the playoffs for like a month. I'm hey, sorry, he is a, Matthew's he is like,
5: an Ari- guy, so he's like an Arizona he's guy. He's an Arizona guy. He's an Arizona
7: boy. Yeah. So I thought like, okay, you want to go ahead.
5: Yeah. Dude, Jake Matthews like became somebody tonight in a really oh, interesting man. way. That, like, I, this might be like one of those fights that we look back on two years from now of like, hey, this is when it happened for Jake Matthews. Can I
7: talk about how my prediction for that fight was so wrong and yet so right? So <laughs> so my prediction was based, on, was based on Jake Matthews to me is the quintessential mixed martial artist. He's like a guy he grew up, he idolizes GSP. He grew up, he's not a guy, you know, he's not a guy who grew up like, oh, I was a kickboxer first, and then I was, I was, or I was a wrestler based. It's like he's a guy who grew up saying, I want to mix the martial arts. I want to be a, a combat sports athlete who mixes the martial arts. I want to be well-rounded, not someone who matriculates in from another sport. And and he's really good at it. And he did this from a young age. Remember, he he was what when he came to the UFC, like 22, 23. This is a guy who his whole life is,
4: I want Doesn't to be mixed martial arts. <laughs>
1: He was, he was no, he wasn't. He 19. 19.
4: Was he he was 19 when he debuted yeah, yeah.
1: he, he debuted like, in he won, 20, like eight 20 years ago now yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's like, he's
7: like i want he's like i want to be a a combat sports mixed martial arts champion and and my whole, whole prediction was but there's a distinction between that and being a fighter i mean everyone who steps in the cage is a fighter by definition but like when i think fighter i think of like an andre fialio a guy who was in there to inflict pain who is a ta- a skilled Talented, well-rounded martial artist, but he is in there to put the other person away. He's not here to win a sport. He wants to hurt someone. He wants to get a paycheck, and that, and then to me that was the difference. Because I, I picked Fialia to win. I'm like, I, I was like, I want to see that from Jake Matthews. I want to see that killer. I want to see that dog. You know, that proverbial dog we're always talking about. And holy hell. He showed that dog tonight. I mean, he was not playing around. This is not point fighting. This was not mixed martial arts saying this was, I'm going to knock this dude's face off of his face. And he did multiple times until there was a face no more on Andre Friaglio. So I was super wrong i wanted to see this is what i wanted to see from jake matthews and he showed that and more so jake matthews i will never question the dog and you again that was awesome and uh yes he, he is he's up he's he's going up the rankings that's for sure it's looking good that face <laughs> off that
2: face
3: <laughs> that's amazing. Gonna, that was I would, amazing i
2: would say this about jake matthews though like i think i've seen all of his ufc fights when he was 19 when he was fighting when he was in that fight I, I had to remind myself that was Jake Matthews because – It was a different human yeah. yeah. being. It, it looked it like a different person. totally yep. different. Okay, good. Yes. It wasn't just me. It was like yes. – No, no. On, no man. That, okay. this, I, I was like, that was just, that's a different person, but it was Jake Matthews. Dude, it, it, just,
5: it clicks
6: for some this, fighters this, later, and it clearly yeah. did for him.
5: And this is like something that we were talking about in the last ranking show where like we were talking about the featherweight prospects and like, hey, some you don't ever know who like just levels up overnight. And all of a sudden they come out in their next fight and they're just TJ Dillashaw against Henning Burrow, just like totally different fighter that you've never seen before. Mm Kind of felt like it happened for Jake Matthews a little bit tonight, where it's just he he, we've how 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 long have we had history with this guy? How many fights have we seen of Mm -hmm. Jake Matthews? He never looks like this. Like this. This is a full grown man beating the hell out of somebody. This is not a nineteen year old kid anymore.
2: This is a full grown man with two kids, and he just had um, his wife just had a kid. I think only a few weeks ago. I think a twelve year, a twelve week old child. So that means he did this whole camp with his wife, eight and a half, nine months pregnant, had a baby, did all this, and then still fought the best fight he's ever fought. And um,
6: by like, by like an infinite amount. Too. By an infinite it's amount. Out. So
2: it's just. <laughs> That that, 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 like, that that's what I mean. Like um just like I know we were talking earlier, we were talking about Tyler Santos on the previous shows, you said, Oh, well she lost to um whatever her name was, Maya Marilla. Mar- 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 Br- 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 and I think it's like you just you gotta remember these are just bad nights sometimes. It doesn't that you can't you can't you just they're humans, they just it's it's a weird it's, it's a sport's weird. It's a weird sport and just people people change, you know, they get better, they get worse. It's just it is wild to the questions it does,
5: it, it does feel like this could be like obviously the level of competition is different but it could be like the type of thing that we look back of rda hey beating benson henderson and all of a sudden like we have to pay attention to rda now like that yeah. type of thing where it's just like oh man yeah. like jake matthews so. we just we just might have to start paying attention to jake matthews like he, he's hitting my there rankings this month
6: like for sure
2: I remember that fight was buried on the prelims too and it's only because of the bontorraine no kind of dropout it's just so that it's even more special because that fight got got it got featured more you know that kind of would have been buried at least but
3: um all right Jake's been clanging and banging for sure he's been hitting those weights because he looked like a light heavyweight in there compared to Fiala it was crazy
6: like when you picked him to win, did you think it would look like that? Be honest.
2: Oh, no, no, I, mean, I, I, I picked Jake oh, to win. But I, I, did, I, no, that was, that was my
3: most. That was one of the more confident picks I had on the entire card. Was Jake Matthews winning? I just I didn't thought think he would that. Just I just take thought,
6: him down a lot, not yeah. beat the hell out what, on the feet. Yeah, when that
3: for, when that first round ended, I was like, all right, Jake's gonna win a decision. Like, cool, he's just gonna win a decision. He survived the early onslaught. He's gonna win the fight. He's gonna win fifteen minutes and. Nope. He went banana and got uh-huh. it done and looked he, sensational. He looked so like a excited spider. to see what's next for him. Just, it was stuff
5: like good. that is what is really some of the most fun stuff in this sport. Where yeah. it's just like, again, yeah. the randoms that come out and just surprise you. It's it's so good sometimes. It's this good.
6: card was so insane.
2: It's, you know what? Yeah.
6: We haven't even this mentioned this- that Jack Della Madalena might be like a legitimately great prospect.
7: <laughs> yeah. That was great. Like,
6: like might be a legitimately great prospect he had somehow the second best welterweight performance yeah (laughs) makes no (laughs) sense
2: but real quick let's just talk about the card as a whole
6: best card of the year yeah 10 easy not even close
2: like okay what did you what would you best pay-per-view of the year oh i would say best
5: pay-per-view of the year i I, like the undercard wasn't I don't know. The undercard was super spectacular.
2: Undercard was pretty good too. I mean,
5: it, dude, that
6: I, that Juarez Yeah, but, but it was like, like a the regional card. Dude, like, Liddell, to, KO? It,
5: n- name
2: wise, name wise. Yeah,
6: I yeah, get but, it, you,
5: but you turn you turn into any regional card, and like you're gonna see lots of violence and lots
2: of finishes. That was yes. kind of what this. Was. Yeah, that was yeah. Cool. okay, but you know the the fights people paid for. Best pay per view in years. Mm-hmm. The fights people paid for. How about that? I Look, you
6: agree? Sean, I I don't need you to give me a fancy sta- <laughs> salad with my steak. If it's just a solid salad and then you deliver a bomb-ass blue Pittsburgh steak, that's a 10-star meal. And that's what we got today, and I'm okay with it. Uh, just it's, a great, how about- <laughs> it's a great example.
2: One of the greatest pay-per-views we've seen, and then Dana White just doesn't even bother jumping on his PJ to come to the fights that's insane it's just how how weird is everything it's how weird it's a great um, card. fantastic over delivered uh, which,
5: is, which is hilarious because we were talking about how it's a three fight card coming in and that's not now it's not wrong it's just sometimes it's it's wrong.
2: it wasn't me so, it was damn. a three fight card but those other two extra fights freaking delivered and you no know,
5: this yeah.
3: is this was and i'm sorry to anybody this affects i i don't want to I don't want to bring up bad feelings, but this was very 199 ish because right before International Fight Week, right before the big card, the one that we might not drop the money on because we have International Fight Week in three weeks and then we get a second pay per view. Like maybe we should skip this one. Like there's things we like, but maybe I'm not going to plop the 75 bucks down. But I guarantee you that anybody on Twitter that didn't buy this card, that didn't watch it, is pissed. That they missed
6: well, it. One ninety nine only costs sixty bucks, Mike. You got to remember, we're <laughs> adding we're adding five to ten bucks a year to pay per views, despite them having the most successful run of all time.
2: Right. I have a bad memory, but it's but this will probably be the worst selling pay per view of the year.
6: I think they're all going to be. I mean, sh- maybe it's it's all it'll do, in the two hundred range.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think it'll, I think it'll so, do like three, 000, three hundred thousand, three four hundred thousand. I think
5: Volkanovsky and Zombie probably is up there. Oh, although that did have probably, that did have Shumaev versus Burns. though. Yeah, so and it's know. in Vegas. I don't know. That
2: probably, probably like, did pretty they, well. They had a real press conference. You know, Dana was really pushing it. I and mean, this one, it was just you know, he was uh, even at the press conference. They, there was no press conference. They didn't even do it. But like, oh, uh, just they they they, they ran. out no, like he a wasn't.
3: Fight even, night. Yeah,
2: but yeah. he wasn't
6: at the.
3: Two seventy three presser know.
6: either. Oh yeah, right,
2: yeah, right, yeah, did right.
6: oh yeah. Two seventy do well where they were like intentionally shitting on Nganu? I'm not confident that did well. Like I don't know, Joanna is I still Joanna. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Colby Colby probably was the best. It was
6: definitely it was the best.
3: Malcolm versus Brendan Allen's good fight. What were their thoughts on the judges giving it to Brendan? To me, it felt like Jacob did more. He landed seven of fourteen for takedowns. I gave it. To I, I told you. Yeah, I, I I gave it to Allen. I thought Allen won the first round, and I thought he won the third round. Now, if I, so if you I had money to give, on
6: Malcolm and gave it to Allen, yeah, so that now in
3: Singapore, in Singapore, I thought there was a there were, could have been a chance that Malcoon won the fight. At least get a splitty out of there somewhere, but didn't happen. All three judges saw it exactly the same. I didn't think it was a robbery, and I thought Brennan won. A K, no robbery, right? I uh, didn't see fun, the, right.
7: Didn't see the fight. Didn't see the fight. I only watched. Uh, I was excellent. Uh, I know. This this is what this is what you bring me in for. Uh no, I had uh, uh some other <laughs> obligations, uh, so I missed the I missed the preliminary card. Uh M made decisions, media completely split, completely split down the middle. I believe it's eight for Allen and oh actually no, I believe it's eight for Allen, nine for Malcoon. So uh, that's shocking. I'd have to watch the I, fight myself, but I thought it was yeah, pretty clearly an Allen fight. I um, I, I the, the, the yeah, I don't was. know. I I don't know if I saw, and I, and I was looking, you know, I, I look at Twitter reactions. I don't think I saw too many people complaining about it. Um, though, again, maybe I wasn't looking at some of the media uh, media comments, so.
6: Nobody who scored that fight for Malcoon can be mad that Alan won it, is how that goes. I okay. don't think you should score the fight for Malcoon. But right. you cannot be mad if Malcoon lost that fight, if you scored it for him. He didn't know what's crazy about, almost you know what's
3: crazy about, you know what's crazy about the fight Jacob Malkoon's stock rose more than Brennan Allen's, even in a loss. Because now, Jacob, I think this fight kind of showed. And I think we were seeing glimpses of it. Malkoon, because of the Phil Haas fight and everything, he was, the, he was just Whitaker's teammate for a while. Oh, he's just the dude that trains with Robert Whitaker. But now I feel like fighting a guy like Brendan Allen and giving him work, he just gassed out. He just lost gas at the very end of the <laughs> fight. He looked pretty damn good against Brendan allen is a is a very sizable underdog not a lot of people are giving him a chance to win this fight some were some saw it he gets it done i think i think he graduated tonight i think this is a graduation performance where it's like all right this dude is he's a legit uf maybe robert whitaker's jacob malkoon's teammate now i don't think we're going that far but you know what i mean he's he's graduated What's the ceiling for JDM, Sean?
5: I mean, after a night like this, it feels pretty high, right? You don't want to—I mean, it's one performance. So you don't want get, to get get lost on it, but I mean, Ramzan Amiev is pretty legit. He trucked through yeah. him like it was nothing. Like he trucked through them. He trucked through that man in like two minutes. That to me says a lot. That's not somebody who gets finished in two minutes. His ceiling feels pretty high right now. We haven't seen a lot, so it's hard to, yeah, I'm not going to proclaim him a future champion, but he seems like someone who's going to be a figure yeah. that matters at 170, certainly.
7: Yeah. He's the exact yeah if, he's in the, if, if he's in the top 10 in uh, 2023, would not be surprised. Yeah. What, what do you think, think,
3: Jed? I mean, listen. It's a long it, it way wasn't to It just, wasn't just a gotten, like, not a lot of people go out there and finish Ramazan me in two minutes. Nobody in the UFC has finished a span. It's the Let's first time he's no, been no one does the that. UFC. Yeah. So you're, uh,
6: what do you think his ceiling is? I think he's uh, – off. I feel really confident saying he'll be a top 10 fighter. Um, I don't think he'll be a top 10 fighter next year just because welterweight is a really difficult division to break into. Not that he couldn't compete with some of those guys by next year, but just Jorge Masvidal doesn't fight good guys but holds – but maintains like that ranking. So it just kind of – it's really tough to make hay there. But Yeah. Maybe challenges for a title. I, I wanna he'll need more development, but I mean he's got a lot of great traits. Big big paws in the puppy. it's doing great. Kid's gonna be I, a guy I- to watch.
7: I love anyone who has like a very an easily discernible A plus skill, and his boxing is just so good. And it's like again, at one A plus skill. Again, I'm against the mixing of the martial arts. You guys know that. <laughs> so seeing seeing someone who can who has one A plus skill to fall back on that can take you a long way. And and some decent grappling defense. He's got a judo background, which is always kind of funky. Gives you a little bit of a kind of something to play around with, you know, defensively. Um, so I like that. But I mean. In any, when you have a guy who right now in any fight it looks like he has a chance if keep things sort of in boxing range, boy, that's that's exciting. That's that's really fun to watch.
6: I love dudes who rip rib roasters and mm-hmm. that man, yeah. that that's, man the rib, <laughs> that's the that's, thing. That's that's the skill that gets me all hot and bothered. Like mm. ooh, that's <laughs> that's what's up.
3: <laughs> and he's it's got some because- heart too. He's got heart too. Yeah. He was in deep trouble. He that fish yeah. was on tight. Yep. And he just overpowered it, just ripped the arm right off and got up and that was it.
6: Plus, you can't break his nose because it's already clearly been shattered. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that Andre Arlovsky squashed nose, because, so he's never going to worry about breaking it oh mid-fight and then having to deal with that. He's golden. You he got ahead of the curve. If you
5: ever, ever run into somebody whose profile as a side profile is just flat? don't don't start shit with that person <laughs> stay like, away don't, don't, don't. It's, it's gonna like be a bad, bad time
6: yeah it's like cauliflower ears like cool i'm gonna go the other way yeah
3: <laughs> that's
6: right
5: i will say he he he's 25 so he has time but he is stuck in this division where it's like the hardest possible division to make headway because people just squat on their spots so hard so it might be a while before he gets a ranking but he probably is deserving of one much sooner yeah he will get one yeah.
6: Sean Brady's, like, never going to go anywhere. And Sean Brady, not that long ago, kicked the shit out of the dude. We were just like, this guy's awesome. Jake Matthews rules. Sean Brady's, like, one of the five best fighters in that weight class. He's not going to get to fight for a title for three years.
2: All right, gentlemen. It is – we've got an hour and 24 minutes, so I'm going to hit the music.
6: It's almost 5 a.m. East Coast time. Oh, my gosh. I still got to write.
3: Nah. Yeah. Hey, while you guys get yeah, some sleep, just, together remember, too. just remember, AK, my best friend, I'll see you in about six hours, my man. Live, right here on this here channel. We're putting the matchmaking hats back on. I can't wait for it. Thanks to Jose. Who joined us from Singapore. Tremendous job. Safe travels home. We're done. For Casey on the ones and twos, for AK, for Jed, for the great Shaheen Al-Shadi, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Or good morning. Guys.
5: Happy birthday. And AK. I love, and I
3: love so you, Kong.
2: It is my birthday. I'm AK.
3: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet
1: just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.